Now though, as you're articulating, you can have one common message in your native tongue and be able to communicate to, again, in effect, the entire globe in their native language. This is The Playbook. Man, do I have a fast-growing company and a fast-growing executive here. We're here with the founder and also president of Veritone, a company that I work with. Ryan Steelberg, welcome to The Playbook. It is great to be here, and it's great to be at SoFi Stadium again. Yeah, I used to have a football field behind me, but now I got Kenny Chesney's stage, uh, which is kind of cool because the first time I've been in here when they're building out the stage and, and the platform. Uh, speaking of building out a stage and a platform, that's really what Veritone is doing for me and so many others. And I think it's so important to understand communication today comparatively to the past that, you know, I spent many years trying to learn a language. And I'm a little bit frustrated today after working with you, I have to admit, because you made all the years of Spanish literally worthless to me. Um, and unless there was some part of my brain that was enhanced by learning another language, because your technology allows me to communicate with other people in other languages instantaneously in my voice with the connotation and annotation, whether it's correct or not. Uh, that is representative of who I am. How important is that platform, is that capability today compared to how you know learning a separate language was even 10 years? You know, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, a, the, the bigger question is, you know, is AI truly a benefit to all of us in all the different capacities? Um, or frankly, is it minimizing us, right? I mean, it's same thing for you choosing not to learn a different language because now using technologies like ours, that we can create a great model of your voice and you can speak in one of 38 different languages and you don't even have to know the language anymore. So I do believe, obviously, it's like it's like reading. You know, I, you're, there, there is a developmental aspect of education, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's a balance. I think it's very similar to me as like your our memories, for the most part, we don't have to memorize anything anymore, right? Phone numbers, we just simply pick up our phone. Our access to real-time information is immediately there. So I think these are all tools, right? And I think humans, humans' brains, we are great processors, right? We are really, really good problem solvers. We're not necessarily great at memorization, for example. So I think um, AI, inclusive of the language tools that we've created, which you are using, are great, extend, they can help extend or augment the human element and not necessarily compete against it. So we're, we're excited that people like you and others are using it. Oh, and I have even more people excited about using it as they see how I'm using it and how the others are using it. Now, you were a biology major at UCLA. I was. You could tell by already the vernacular and the understanding that you have of the human brain, which is not the mind in my opinion, but you talked about being able to remember things. And what's so interesting is the world changed a couple of weeks ago when they showed a picture of a billion galaxies or more from uh, the Webb telescope. And what that told me was relative to my relationship with you and your company, because it just reiterated to me how many trillions of variables there are in the universe, or at least in one galaxy, let alone a billion galaxies. And when I thought about it in the context of being a scientist like you, someone who's been educated in physics, metaphysics, and quantum physics, I thought to myself, how many variables are involved in the AI aspect of AIware in the, in the platform? And could humans be able to perform in any percentage of a capacity that your platform allows me to perform? 
And obviously I came to a conclusion by using you that the exponential value of Veritone would never be a, I personally would never exceed it per personally. How do we communicate, because there's so many variables, how do we communicate that quantitative value that I'm experiencing today by having a capability that is humanly impossible? You know, the, the variable, I mean, the, the, the use of technology um, to, again, assist, augment, and in some instances, replace the human element, it's been happening for a very long time, right? The Industrial Revolution, the cotton gin, right? You, you and I can go on and on and on where technology has come into play that just frankly, whether it was obviously limited to just the human physical element, my strength, me, my labor capacity, that has been overcome immediately by machinery, right? And that's dominated. Now with the advancements of, of computation, right? Neural networks, machine learning, AI, we're now able to, through a, through a digital and computer-based interface, we can start to simulate and in many instances problem solve infinitely faster than the human mind can using machines. And that's this next wave um, that we're dealing with as a society. It, um, it's, it's, it's a tool and we always make the analogy and kind of and roll it all the way back to fire, right? Fire was this terrifying thing in, in our society, in the world back in the early days. If you couldn't control fire, you were terrified of it. But on the flip side, if that tool became one of the most powerful tools ever, right? Warmth, heating, cooking food, sterilization, et cetera. So AI, um, in terms of opportunity of where it's going, it's, it is gonna be revolutionary in almost every aspect and, as, aspect and facet of life. But, I, but like all things is we as a society need to do the best we can. I'm not saying put clamps on it and overly regulate AI and the use of it. And there's a lot of discussion about that in different areas, and rightfully so. But at the same time, we need to understand what impact this is gonna have in our society. Social media was another example, right? I think when social media erupted immediately, nations, the concept of a nation with boundaries was really struggling with this, when the communication quotient was, was more powerful, candidly, than the concept of nation boundaries. AI is a powerful tool. It will impact every aspect of our life. Um, but, the, but again, as a group, we need to make sure that we understand the both pros and cons of this amazing new technology. Now I want to focus on the pros for a second because my mission is to empower over a billion people to be happy, yep. to teach a billion or more people to make a lot of money, to help more people and have more fun. That's my personal mission in life. And one of the things I've learned just from creating content in English is that the size, scope, and scale of the audience is unfathomable for an individual. It's almost unfathomable for a McDonald's or you know a big global national company. But as an individual, I think people don't have the perspective yet of the size, scope, and scale of an audience in English. And when your platform gave me the capability to communicate to the world in their language, this podcast is now going to be able not only to be accessible to 7.6 billion people, but now the majority of the people are gonna be able to understand it because it's actually gonna be in their own language. And that's a really powerful thing, size, scope, and scale. How do you not take on the positive side advantage of a technology when you talk about opening up the world to what you do, product, service, solution, or brand, in an instant of a second with Veritone. Yeah, <clears throat> I think being able to speak in one common voice and using technology to actually bridge those gaps. So 
you don't have to go out and learn 452 different dialects around the world is incredibly powerful, right? Um, social media and our ability to immediately communicate was kind of step A, right? Maybe step A through step C. Now though, as you're articulating, you can have one common message in your native tongue and be able to communicate to, again, in effect, the entire globe in their native language. Because a lot of people can speak multiple languages, particularly in Europe, not necessarily as much here in North America and the United States, but there is something significant psychologically about receiving material in your native language. And that's what you're talking about. I think it penetrates, the comprehension is higher, and I think your ability to communicate your message is much more effective if you can speak in their native tongue, and that's what this technology provides. And I think beyond the native tongue is a vibration. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper into technology and my beliefs is that everything has a frequency. And so my voice has a frequency to it. And if you have someone read an audio book of my book, it's not going to resonate the same way as if I read it because of frequency. The whole basis of the AI is to mirror the frequency or vibration of my voice and then make it understandable by taking that frequency or vibration and putting it into the actual words that people then will calculate by their brain or interpret. How important is the frequency and vibration to what you do even more than the definition or translation? It's paramount. Um, a lot of studies, there's reasons why certain types of voices are chosen when you're trying to communicate different messaging, right? Whether it's an advertisement or sports broadcast. Um, or if you have a face like this. Or <laughs> a face for a face for radio, I guess the term right. is. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it, it's real. I mean, you know, people, you know, and there's, and again, not saying that certain baritone voices are not necessarily, maybe default better for certain types of programming, but the frequency, right? The vibration, I'll call it, you know, in terms of looking at the waveform of the voice is very prescript and it's, it's part of your DNA. It's, it's who you are. It's, you know, your voice is, is part of your name and likeness. It's a, it's a, it should be patentable in my opinion. I think it's part of your core DNA. I need to own my voice. Um, there's been a lot of cases, I'll just give you one example, which was one of the early ideas when we were thinking about doing this platform is, I believe the, the voice actor was the popular celebrity actor, Ed Harris. Yeah. And he, I think he was voicing all the Home Depot ads back in the day. Um, we all know his voice. We love those commercials. And for whatever reason, they probably didn't come to a renewal on his contract. So they replaced him and they tried to find another voice actor that sounded very similar to Ed Harris. Well, Ed Harris rightfully sued them, right? And he won. And, and ultimately it was proven, obviously, that your voice is part of who you are. So again, you're right. The attributes of your voice is an extension of you. And obviously, as you know, what you're and what you're communicating and how you're trying to communicate to somebody is directly bound to that resonance, that vibration, that waveform of your voice. And beyond the IP, which definitely is protectable, you know, NFTable, even I've seen yeah. that done yeah. with several companies now. Um, you're still a company yourself, and now you have to decide with this boundless type of platform that can be utilized in so many different ways, how to prioritize that. How are you going to prioritize the enormous amount of options, opportunities, and touches of favor that you've built such a great platform and a great technology and a great company? How do you choose where to start? Hardest problem every day, um, particularly in this new synthetic content, synthetic avatars, synthetic voices. There are so many use cases, frankly, that 
perspective people, brilliant people like you are coming to us with derivative ideas. And as a business, you're like, oh shoot, like are we just gonna be, you know, so there's two ways I'll answer that question. One is we need to make sure that our platform supports the creativity of all the derivative use cases. So that's why we have a robust API layer. We're like just, or I'll say simple tools that make it easier. So if anybody has a great idea of how to use a derivative or a synthetic version of their voice, we make it easier for them to go do that. So that's part A. Part B is we, you know, we, we're at our size of a company now, we're approaching $200 million in revenue. When we, when we come up with new ideas, they have to be relatively larger, right? Finding a new business idea that generates a million dollars a year, we can't really do that anymore. Our, our new quotient, I mean, I'm sorry, our new baseline is about 15 to $20 million a year when we think of an idea. So the localization, which you're part of, um, creating, um, finding great content in different languages and being able to localize and regionalize those using synthetic voice, we think is a big idea. And so one of the use cases we're going all in at and throwing our resources at is that localization, that internationalization of programming to make it, you know, obviously available in hundreds of different languages. Well, I think you made the right choice. When I started five years ago, my podcast, I remember telling Gary Vaynerchuk, I was helping him with his sports agency. Yeah. And I, he said, Dave, you got to change your radio, kind of Gal Media or Sports Blender Angel Radio Show. He goes, you got to make that a podcast. And I told him, oh, podcast, man, there's 200,000 podcasts. I'm way too late to the game. Now look at me five years later. Yeah. I think you picked the right spot with over yeah. 2 million and it'll probably double in an even shorter amount of time. Um, beyond localization though, uh, there becomes, I think, uh, an understanding of the individuality of a voice and being able to utilize that voice to be recognizable, beyond protectable, sure, but recognizable. And one of the values that I've seen from working with you is, and this was true in Orange County Airport, oh, I know that voice because of all the, the audio that was out there from me. They may not have known you know, what I look like, but they, I recognize that voice from LinkedIn or from yeah. wherever. That's starting to happen in other countries because I have a distinctive voice. Yes. And whether it's Spanish or English or Arabic, people all of a sudden, in fact, the quality of it's so great. The first time that you sent me over content in Spanish, by the way, this was incredible. My wife, I played it for her and she goes, oh, you're reading that. You don't know Spanish that well. I'm like, first of all, I'm not reading it. She goes, don't BS me, Dave. There's no way you know Spanish that well. I said, no. I'm not reading it. It was it was translated in my voice. They took the vibration and frequency and made that happen. She literally couldn't go back to bed. She's like, oh my gosh, that's happening from the other side, from the language side. People are recognizing my voice. How can people utilize the recognition portion as an added value to what they're doing as a brand, whether it's an Ed Harris yeah. that now can be, you know, we all know Harry Carey's voice or you know, sure. sports, how can we use that as an added value to Veritone that you actually are productizing the voice now? Well, I think um, that every writer, that every voiced talent, celebrity actor, know those, the days of them having a third-party individual right, dub over their voice in a different language are gone. Um, these people are famous. I think his name is Tiberius or Tiberius in Germany. And this is an individual who is literally a famous celebrity because he does the voiceover work for Brad Pitt. So when Brad Pitt's movies 
are exported to them. He is the, kind of the default voiceover in, in Tiberius's voice. Obviously now, right, that voice is going to be exported and it's going to be Brad Pitt's voice, right, speaking in those languages. Because I agree with you, just like the way you look, right, the way you act, your voice is part of who you are, right? That resonance, that vibration, that waveform. And so I think you're going to look at it collectively, right? It is important that you control those brand attributes. So thankfully with blockchain and NFT, and we've touched upon that a little bit, is I, I, I do believe on a decentralized locker, if you will, right? An IP locker that every, all of us get to protect our identity, not owned by one company like Meta or somebody else, but independent ownership of my true identity and the attributes of my identity, which absolutely includes your voice. So I look at that as, as a valuable asset, as every aspect of who you are as an individual. But, the, but, but And now, thankfully, there's technology that we can use to protect that and monetize it that is not controlled by a few gatekeepers or hyperscalers that, we're, frankly, we've been dealing with in web one and web two of a society. And I th also think it amplifies me have being a recovering lawyer into trusted estates, right? We now yeah. have this legacy. I think of someone like Wayne Dyer, uh, who changed my life with his content. And yet, because we weren't as far along in capturing that content and protecting it, we could create a legacy for my children to be able to not only extend my lessons, but also monetize it for an, as an asset for the family, maybe even someday borrow yeah. against it in a democratized economy. Uh, Ryan, last question. There's so many possibilities, probabilities to this, um, and you're choosing and prioritizing accordingly, but what's next for Veritone? <clears throat> well, it's more than just voice. So, you know, we're looking at how, again, we can apply AI machine learning to really any problem set. Um, you know, on a proactive sense, our business really focuses on all things AI machine learning for media and entertainment. Obviously, synthetic voice is our initial focus there. And our next major focus, or it has been a focus now for the last few years, has been on state, local law enforcement and the federal government. So we are doing a lot of work. Um, our country, and being a little nationalistic here for a second, is we're woefully behind the, the AI wars against, you know, other countries. Um, and, and we do have better, frankly, disciplines and controls, and that's one of the governing aspects of it. But the other aspect is so much of the great technology here in the United States is from private commercial enterprises, not government agencies. So we are excited to be working with hundreds of police agencies um, and law enforcement agencies across the country using AI machine learning to advance their businesses, um, to make them more um, open-minded to provide you know, easier training, to make their jobs easier so they can focus on their great task at hand. And we're doing a ton of stuff both with the civil and the Department of Defense aspect of the federal government. So voice is one aspect, right? We talked a lot about that today. Um, but Veritone, we want AIware to sort of be synonymous with enterprise-grade AI machine learning. And we're thrilled to be able to have the same platform that can service you know, the CNBCs of the world and the Davids of the world but also the Department of Justice and the Department of Defense. And we're thrilled about that. That's right. Veritone is taking protect and serve to the next level. Yeah. They are protecting and serving individual brands like me, but also all the citizens here that live here in the United States and maybe around the world. Uh, from Steinberg to Steelberg, we have him here. Ryan Steelberg, founder, co-founder and president of Veritone here with me, Dave Meltzer, Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.